All right, I think you guys can. Well, that is great to uh, be with you. We consider this a sweet uh, reunion, and what an incredible uh, privilege we had last week to be here. We've never done this, okay? Two weeks in a row being back here with grace. Um, I mean, that's just, you know, you can't get enough grace, so you just got to keep doing this, you know? Um, but for us, this was, this was unique because we've been wanting to meet up with the, the Kings for a long time. They're up in Nagoya. Um, our Japanese pastor with whom we work, uh, he graduated from the seminary that they've been working with. Uh, we've heard they worked with uh, missionary kids. And we have been wanting to meet them. And, and interestingly enough, we thought we were scheduled to be here last week. Could you imagine that? <laughs> but uh, so that evening was opened up. And we found out they, they were going to be here. And so what a joy. Two weeks in a, a row about Japan, you know, and to be able to really pray and to be a part of what God's doing. And, and you guys have been a part of that um, for, for us. Um, I, was it Lorenzo? Is that the, the right name? Lorenzo in the back. He came up and introduced himself, um, says, I've been praying for you guys continually for a long time. And uh, Theo, I'm like, oh, you're talking about praying Theo. And just took a video of us to send her a greeting. And, and you know, that, that is how we have known in this relationship with this church that you are tracking with what God is doing. You have been praying. Um, right now, Christine is uh, collecting you know, the request and maintaining, keeping that, keeping that going. It's, been a, it's a huge privilege. We know when we come back and we start mentioning names, it's, we're not having to start here in the beginning. You, you guys know some of the people that we're mentioning because you've been praying about that. Um, also, there's been, have there been any changes happening around here recently at Grace Church? <laughs> so, you know, it, it, is, it has been really neat. I, I was trying to recall talking with Aaron earlier, but we had the privilege of meeting uh, Charlie and Gretchen years ago when you were doing the internship here, I believe it was. And this young couple, <laughs> this young couple, they actually personally supported us. They, they went on and, you know, you guys got started doing the church planning and, and all that. And, and, uh, but they personally supported us. And so they've been connected with what's been going on there uh, for, for a long time in our lives and, and really been an encouragement to us. And then to see, you know, can we celebrate? I, I mean, we're overseas and we're getting messages, you know, hearing from Pat Goose and, and praying with you guys. And we're hearing about this merger is going to be taking place. Only God does this. I mean, this is not business. I mean, this is like God does this. What, what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing that God has done. That is that a picture of God's grace. And, and you know you know that uh, you pray and you work through that and, and the fruit and how God's going to multiply that. And so we know to the, tonight, this is kind of unique. 
Um, reunion, speaking of reunion, there's Michelle back there that I went to school with uh, in high school. I mean, she walked up to me, and I'm, like, I'm going like, and she's introduced, and I'm like, no way, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, so there, there are those of you that have walked with us a long time. Some of you, you really don't know what's been happening recently. So we're going to try to go back. We're going to review a little bit, give you a report on what's happened in the past two and a half years. Um, but more than anything, to see the power of God in the gospel to transform lives. How he's seeking to do that in our lives and how he's doing that in the lives of the, the Japanese people. Um, you'll notice we have, last week you saw more of us. We're missing one of our daughters uh, tonight. Uh, Sarah, you see picture there. She actually left this past Thursday to go with a mission team to India. Um, our family, uh, years ago, when the girls were little, started to support um, some orphans, um, orphan girls. And so she had been praying for years about opportunity to see what God was doing in India. And God is now giving that chance. So please be remembering our Sarah as she's there uh, right now on a very intense schedule uh, traveling around uh, India there. All right, we're told that we're supposed to preach the gospel to ourselves. Well, we're going to preach the gospel of missions again tonight and preach to the choir. Why is it that you guys are keeping in step with the Spirit and doing missions? Why is missions important? Well, particularly for my myself in Japan, um, Isaiah 24. I don't know how many of you have spent time in Isaiah. Um, I, I'm not going to do enough expository preaching from now on, on Isaiah 24. However, it's a very unique passage about last days and the woes of God's judgment that's going to come on the earth. And right in that passage, God gave me such an encouraging promise. It's, it's, it's an exclamation about God's glory. And it's, it's this uh, verse here in Isaiah 24. It's like right in the middle of all these woes, there is this hallelujah chorus. Just like he breaks out into this hallelujah chorus. And why don't everyone read this with me together? Together? From the West... They acclaim the Lord's majesty. Therefore, in the east, give glory to the Lord. Exalt the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the islands of the sea. From the ends of the earth, we hear singing, glory to the righteous one. What does that do in your heart? What does that do in your heart? This is what our God longs for. <laughs> this is what our hearts are to be beating with. That, yes, in the West, in the East, every place, every coastland, every island should be praising and giving glory 
to the righteous one, our righteous one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why we do missions. This is why this is the most important thing on God's heart, that he, that he be glorified and that Christ be exalted in every single place. There's not a place, there's not a single island, there's no place where his name should not be known. And God has made it so clear that for this to happen, what is important? Well, Old Testament and New Testament, the same. Turn to me and be saved. What does it say? All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is... Is that clear? Pretty clear. Well, New Testament, the apostles, they rejoicing in the risen Savior, received power through the Holy Spirit, being told, don't speak in this name. What was their response? And there is salvation in what? No one else. For there is under heaven given among men by which we must, say it together, must be saved. Therefore, when Paul goes on to speak about the word being near us, the gospel, and that people are to call on the name of Christ to be saved, what does he say? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Is it clear? God has made it very clear. And because we believe what God has said in the Word, that is why this church, why you are involved in missions, and why God has sent us to Japan. Um, now, why Japan specifically? You heard a lot last week, but we'll review just a little bit. Why are there a need to take the gospel to the Japanese people? Right here among us, we have a very precious, wonderful Japanese Christian, my wife, okay? Yoko-san. Um, why is it been crucial to take the gospel to her people? Well, if we look at the United States, and though we may have lots of questions about what is the, the state of uh, the church here in America, we can say this. Based on statistics, maybe anywhere from 30 to 60 people. If you had 200 people together, there might be between 30 to 60 of them that would be believers that would know about the gospel and could share the gospel with the other 200. In Japan, though, there's 127 million. There might be one among those 200 to take the gospel. And this is what they refer to in missions as unreached. Basically, the, the term means that this cell defines the Joshua Project. There is no indigenous community of believing Christians. So for Japan, there's not a community, there's not a church of Japanese believers with adequate numbers and resources to evangelize 
this people group without outside assistance. Now, this is looking from our perspective as our responsibility before God. And interestingly enough, the devotions that my daughter is going through right now in India with her team, um, I've been going through that with them, and it's been looking at unreached. What does it mean to be unreached and be reaching them? And in the devotional, they were talking about these things, and God impressed this on my heart. What do we really mean by unreached, and what does God's Word actually say about that? And, and what they were talking about today was, well, we have unreached peoples and we have unreached places. There's 7,000 unreached people groups. So if you were to pray for one like for every day, it would take like 19 years to pray for all of these groups. But there, there are clusters of areas in the world that the gospel has not been taken. And there's not enough believers there. And it, it caused me to think of Acts 17 and what the Word of God says about God and His sovereignty and the places of the world. And for us just to think on this, what does He, what does he say about His hand throughout time? It says in verse 26, And He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God, in the hope that they may fill their way toward Him and find Him. Yet He is actually not far from each one of us. The Japanese people are unreached. But let's all together celebrate the truth that He is not actually far from them. Okay? God is at work. And that's what we're going to be celebrating tonight as, as we look more particularly at that. So looking closely at Japan, uh, as you've heard, less than 1%, less than half of 1%, so 99.5% of the Japanese people would not be believers. That's the numbers. Um, one thing else that you see there is the annual evangelical growth. Can anyone read that to me? What does it say? Minus, minus 0.4%. How's that sound to you guys? 99.5% are not believers. And the evangelical growth is actually declining. Okay? What is this? What is this about? Um, the fifth fastest declining evangelical population in the world. A lot of the churches that were planted were planted right after World War II, and they're aging. And the younger generation, thank God for what the Canes are doing, and a lot of them have not become believers. And so the church is dying off. If you look up to the right there, you'll see pastors are age 50, over age 50. That's more than 70%, actually. We, we, most of them that we know, we know a lot of them are in their 70s. 
So in the next 20 years, what is the church that we do know of in Japan? What is that going to look like? And when you hear statistics like that, what does God's people do? What would you, what would you do in this, in this circumstance? Pray, okay? Yes, pray. We, God must move. Do we, do we lose hope? No. Actually, the pattern of God in the Word and the way He deals with His people is He enjoys this. <laughs> he enjoys this. Not, not that people are lost. What do you remember Moses? when God sent him to give the message to Pharaoh? How did this situation go when he gave the message? Did it get better? It got worse. It got worse. I mean, and this is the missionary, okay? You give the message, it's not being received. It's getting worse. Situations are getting worse. Discouraged. You come before the Lord and you pray. Okay, Lord, I, I did what you told me to do. I, I don't understand what's going on. And then God says, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready to reveal my glory. When things are at its worst is when God loves to reveal His glory because we know it's Him. It's not anything that we have done. We're totally relying on Him. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing people have been praying, especially since the triple disaster in 2011. A nine rector scale, somewhere around there. Tight, you know, the tsunamis, tidal waves, um, all that. The church started praying. People were more aware of Japan. They started hearing things that the Japanese people are the second largest unreached people group in the world. And now we're seeing an incredible increase of workers that God's sending to Japan. Even within pioneers, we within the last five years have doubled in workers. And so God is about something. And we're anticipating that. Even as things do not look necessarily so good. We ourselves as a family and a lot of our co-workers, we're in the southern part of Japan, both northern Japan in southern Japan, there's fewer workers there. A lot of the cities are unreached. Not any gospel witness, no church there whatsoever. So God has put in our heart that area. That's where we have been. And uh, you probably have no idea who that young couple is, but that is us. That was, uh, 19, that was 1998 uh, when we officially began with Pioneers. I had been in my wife's city. Uh, for about three years. Um, and we began there in that church. So there in 1998, we were there in Shimonoseki. And that's the church that we worked with for about 10 years there. And then we worked with a team that launched down into Kyushu. Kyushu, if I can get this right, Kyushu is this. And maybe if I do that. That helps. There you go. So that whole island down there, uh, about 19 million, 99.9% uh, lost. We moved down to the Fukuoka Prefecture and worked with the team there. And through the team, 
Uh, God has been pleased to have us work with two churches. Um, and you see the church at the very top, that's Kurume Bible Church. This is a church that was planted by another missionary that went through some difficult years. But our pastor, uh, Pastor Eiji Watanabe, they graduated from Christ Bible Seminary where the Canes, I just mentioned, they at that school. And when they graduated and came back to Kurume, they asked if we would work with them. And so God arranged a partnership to work with them. And so we've been there about seven years now, almost eight years. And our teammates, they worked with a pastor in Fukuoka City. And over the past 10 years, that church has been planted and has become independent. Um, and they've just, this past December, that partnership just ended. And now we're looking at new teams. Now, we're going to tell you some more about that because we told you God has doubled, right, the number of our new members through Pioneers. And so we're seeking to ask the Lord, how does he want us to respond to that? Ministry, how does it look for us? Uh, it's not campus. It hasn't been very limited to um, a certain age target. Um, it's been within the church, the life of the church. Building relationships are key. Japanese people, if you ever make a Japanese friend, you will have a friend for life. Okay, they are very committed, very loyal in their relationships. Um, but to build those relationships takes time. Um, Japanese often say, oh, you foreigners, you guys have got it easy. It usually takes us 10 years before people will actually trust us when we move into a new area. You guys can move in because you're different. You can build relationships more, more quickly. Uh, so that's a blessing. The building those relationships are key. But again, it's the Word of God. It's the Gospel. Preaching, teaching, leading Bible studies. We have teams coming from Korea. We have teams coming from the U.S. They come in and do special events where we can reach more people in the community. Um, and then also something that God has, has increased our involvement in is in biblical soul care, crisis discipleship. There's many different ways we could call it, but a counseling, working with people. And here, here's the incredible thing. People have issues. And instead of running to the temple or the shrine, we can sit down and say, Christ has something to say to this. The gospel has, say, has something to say. And we can talk very practically about where they are in their lives and what Christ has to do. And the gospel has to do with that. So specifically, what has God been doing through this kind of ministry the past couple of years? Well, our first year back, a lot of changes. New people came. Uh, some of them, with like I was saying, they came within the first month. Major issues in their lives, which opened new opportunities. But it also, it also, I mean, total honesty. Lord, these things seem so huge and so so overwhelming, and just desperate. Lord, you say your word is. The gospel transforms. We're just here, available. We don't really know what to do. 
I really believe, Yoke and I really believe, that God gave us a special gift when we first got back this last term. Because boom, 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 we were desperate. And we saw the power of God through the gospel transform lives. It doesn't always happen this way. It can happen gradually. We saw an overnight total change, the scales falling from their eyes. And we have a story here of, of this uh, lady, Katsuko-san, and you get to hear from her, her personal testimony. Now, you're going to have to do the Japanese thing. The Japanese in Japan, they like American movies, but they watch it often in subtitles. So you're going to watch this in Japanese with English subtitles.皆様が、あの、私たち日本人のために祈ってくださった祈りの結果として、今日こうして勝子さんを皆さんに紹介でき、また勝子さんの証を、あの、一緒に楽しめることを感謝します。勝子さん、あの、神様に出会われる前の生
um, just before we came back, she has cancer. And again, watching a new believer, this new trial in her life. And she got it contacted from her son, received a call, and she said, Lord, if it takes this cancer to bring my family and my son to Christ, please use it. This is the power of God. It transformed. This, this is a lady that she had her Bible all marked up of places that I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this. And then she saw herself with Jesus and with that Samaritan woman in that, those pages of the Scripture and that she was running everywhere else looking for water, thirsting, but did not find living water in Christ. She saw herself there. And the gospel came flooding her. Her life was changed. And so we rejoice in what God is doing there. And so uh, this has, this has uh, increased um, in our lives seeing the need for meeting people here, sharing the gospel through counseling, um, particularly biblical counseling, discipleship in this way. And through um, overseas instruction and counseling, a group, they've been doing training in churches throughout Japan. Recently, they've been asking me to help with doing some of that training. And I feel very new. This is something that God has just brought into our lives. And so I've been able to help with that. And that's been increasing the opportunities of ministry and seeing the church in Japan strengthen in caring for uh, the believers. And then out of that, living out of the gospel, the Japanese around them see the huge changes that have taken in their life and, and multiplies from there. So we give thanks uh, for that. Another couple of stories, two stories here to uh, just remind you of how God works um, in the gospel. We see that in John 4, that same passage pages that she read already, the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice uh, together. Uh, you see there on the left, a lady in her 80s. Now, we all realize that the true missionary is our Lord himself, right? He's really the true long-term missionary. He, through His grace and through His Spirit, uses us at different points in people's lives for them to receive the gospel, to hear the gospel, to know the Word, to be led to the feet of Christ. And people, through the work of the Spirit, are made alive and believe. And this lady, when she was younger, she heard the gospel in elementary school. For 70 years, she didn't have any other contact. And she was moved, here we go, back to the places, the boundaries. She was moved right next to our church. <laughs> so what does a good missionary do? He's supposed to be sharing the gospel. He walks by her house to the parking lot, gets in his car, 
and then he heads down the road. And then he does that, goes to the church, and he walks by her house to the car and goes down the road until the Spirit says, you need to say hello. You need to reach out to this person. And you walk in and you say hello. And she comes to the church. The Japanese believers hear her story, share the gospel. And at 80 years of age, she believes in Christ and is baptized. And that's how God is using and will use each of you in the moment, just obeying and taking the gospel and using the church to bring people to Christ. On the right hand side there, you see Yukiko-san. Uh, this is a gal when I was back in Shimonoseki, back at the beginning, when we looked really young. Um, we were there and I was teaching English classes and the gospel using English classes for the Japanese. She was a student and she heard the gospel and she ended up going international. She was traveling all over and all over the world, ended up in California. And this past year, she had an almost fatal bicycle accident and was transported back to Japan to be in the hospital to recover from brain damage. And then the pastor there in Shimonoseki from that church we were a part of, shared the gospel again, and she believed. We went to visit her, and she said, Brian, back in those old days when you were teaching English and you were sharing the gospel, I knew what you were saying, but I rejected it. But God kept after. Isn't it a joy? This is what mission's about. It's about our great God who pursues people. It's about our Jesus who seeks the lost. He does seek them out, and they do become believers. And we get to rejoice together at different parts in that. What we'd like to do is spend a few minutes. Um, let's get personal. Uh, not just a Q&A, but let's find out. We'd love to hear your questions. Um, my family, my girls, um, Yoko and Naomi and Sarah can come up. Sarah, I'm sorry, my girls. Do I know my girls? Naomi and Susanna and my wife Yoko, come on up. And uh, you can ask, ask any of them questions that you would like. You can ask my wife um, about Japan. Uh, so feel free to ask questions and particularly about our ministry and how to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we'll open it up. Yes. Uh-huh. Excellent. You start with a good, hearty, meaty question. That's good. All right. Yes. Yes. We, we, um, let me see here. Let me skip through one second. This would help. Um, so there, there is our church family and our pastor there at Kurume Bible Church. Uh, there you see our cute little girls. 
um, there at the beginning. But we've been there about seven to eight years. When we started there, um, Pastor Eiji Watanabe was a brand new pastor, just out of seminary, and they asked us to come help them. And what they expressed to us was, would you serve alongside of us until we get established? And let's see, we want to see this church be healthy again, healthy in the gospel. Uh, we had known them years prior to that time, and so we were really excited about that. Over time, God has added some more mature believers, potential elders, and so on. And as they become more committed in their role in understanding their role as, as pastor, as, as pastor there, we've been finding ourselves slowly having to step back and realize that maybe our role that God has for us there is is, is almost done. So when we left. And last month in December, we asked the church to pray about where do we go from here, what's the role, and, and maybe if we're transitioning. And along with that is what we mentioned before, that there are so many new missionaries that God's sending out through Pioneers. We have a two-year program that goes through language, through cultural training, team building through those two years. Um, they learn a lot, and then we launch them out into new teams. We have our first group of 10 graduates. They're looking for new teams, and our supervisor has asked if we would be willing to maybe lead a new team. We don't know what that looks like, but we're praying about those very things. So please do pray with us on that. Um, I don't like change. I'll be very, be strange to be a missionary living in a foreign country not liking change, but um, Relationships are very key in Japan. Our girls have spent most of their key years right there growing up. Friends, relationships. Um, we would love to continue building those relationships. So is the time now or is it later? So thank you for that question. But do please pray with us about uh, the transition and what would be God's best in all of that. Great question. Any others? Yes, sir. Well, for me, I'll be going to college probably a year from now, and um, I don't really know what I want to do, but I want to be able to do something that will be able to glorify God, and I guess making those steps and finding colleges, which, oh, I guess when you turn 18 or 19, everybody does. <laughs> um, and also, the change, if we do move or we do go through all that, that we'll be able to see it in a way that um, we know that it's glorifying God and it's not just about us, I guess, because sometimes it's kind of hard, but being able to see that's, that being a missionary and being missionary kids, that this is, this is something that if we do, it's not just about us, but by doing that, it's it glorifies God and gives us joy also through it. So I guess that's a prayer, two prayers. Okay. <laughs> okay, excellent question. 
Okay, another question? Yes. No? Yes. It was easy. <laughs> God knew I needed a Japanese wife. Uh, it's, it's always a challenge for me, um, but I see two benefits. One, it keeps me very humble. Um, and the other, the other benefit is I can't do it all. So if the Lord enables me to equip someone and then they can grow on in their faith and the Japanese actually reach more people, that's a good thing. So, but I, I'm, in, until my last breath, I'm studying Japanese. <laughs> so, yeah, very good question. Okay. Others? Yes. growing up in a temple, Buddhism temple. So my grandparents were priests, Indian priests. So I was grown up in a family that my mom left the house, parents' house, Buddhism temple to the normal house, normal house, but the, the, how do you say, the Faithfulness, the worshiping, the ancestors, and the enchanting was continued until maybe junior high. I could chant without looking at the book. But the, my sister had a little bit learning disability, so my mom struggled raising her. And I added the problem too. So <laughs> and um, in uh, Japanese, that time, Japanese doesn't recognize that is a uh, learning disability. That was mom's fault. So my mom struggled so much, and then she was trying to find the hope in uh, Buddhism. Buddhism and Shintoism and other religions, and she finally found a Bible study group in a neighborhood. So she start, start studying the Bible and start attending the church, and then she became a Christian. And my mom became a Christian, and But my mom was using the Bible as a wisdom book. And then the many other friends come to our house, like six ladies every day coming to our house and have some study going on. And then um, I was watching how they are doing the studies. And when the missionary, pioneers missionary moved in our neighborhood. And then he, because my mom was a Christian, 
that he wanted to help get some help to read the I know read the how is it um yeah read the help get wanted to get the help how to fix the windows and those things so my mom was helping and then there is a relationship started and then the friends become a friends they are friends too and then my uh, no, missionary become missionary start realizing my mom's still worshiping ancestor and then he start sharing the gospel to my mom's friends and that's starting the church and my mom's life was changed so much after that. In that time, I was already in a university, but I saw my mom's life was changed so, so drastically. And same time, my sister married with a Christian. She was a Christian, so and then she she pregnant and then lost the first child and she came back to hometown and then she was crying lost uh, missing the son that like three days after his birth she died so and then they were worshiping God and then sending the their first kids to the heaven and I saw some difference from the Buddhism and the other religion and I was thinking of oh this is different and then that time I also got showing me how prideful I am and then how looking down my sister and then hurt her so almost that's several years God worked my mom and my sister's heart and me so we became Christian in the same time I'm so thankful God sent a missionary to my hometown and now I become one of them Russell, would you would you lead us in praying for them, and then we can uh, we can sing while you're there. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we do come with thanksgiving tonight. It is grieved in Zechariah that you would whistle for them and gather them in, for you have redeemed them, and they shall be as many as they were before. And that we can now sing, the people in Japan can sing, may we sing and give glory to the righteous one, because you've whistled for us and brought us in, brought in some of these Japanese people to the, to the kingdom, and we give you praise for that. We praise you for the Varnish family. We thank you for Brian and Yoko for saving them and for their children, for 
Sarah, she's at college, that you'll grant, grant her wisdom and her studies for Naomi. She's about to go to school and for Susan. We just pray that you'll continue to use this family and may they reach many souls for our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you'll raise up other missionaries, even from Grace Church, to go to Japan to take the glorious gospel. We pray that you'll not only double the pioneers like you did in the last few years, but you'll continue to double the missionaries year by year for this unreached people. Father, we want to give you glory for uh, saving the Sakako and how she came to save in faith and there was evidence of grace in her life, of salvation. She had peace. She was reconciled to her family. And the evidence of grace of her dying with cancer to use it for your glory to even reach her family with that. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the 80-year-old woman that became a believer. We're never too old to be saved. We thank you for that. And for the 70-year-old that was rejected the Lord, and then you reached out and listened for her, and she came to save in faith as well. Father, we just want to continue to pray that you'll use this family for your glory, give them wisdom as they seek to do what's best for the kingdom and your will with other ministry opportunities. We want to give praise and honor to you for working in them, for using them for your glory, and that you will continue to use them, and that you will strengthen them with your might, according to your might, and that they will have peace, and that they will continue to grow in their knowledge of you, and they'll continue to love you, and may that radiate, that love radiate throughout their contacts. We thank you that they're being able to care for the souls and the people that come as Christ students. So we come tonight with thanksgiving, and we pray that you will even, as I prayed earlier, that you will raise people from Grace Church to go and help them and for the next generation of believers in that country. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.